time it is it's another episode of the three in one podcast joining us from cleveland ohio give it up for international ian lamont morgan cleveland rocks cleveland rocks sound like you lost some steam there brother (laughs) i was trying to give myself a morale boost i I lost it (laughs) and joining us from cincinnati ohio give it up for keith turner jr Oh my goodness. Oh, how I feel so bad for my boy, LeBron James. But what's up, y'all? What's going on? And right here in the capital city, Columbus, Ohio, it's your boy, Malcolm Morgan. Well, it is a somber day on 3 1 Podcast. The NBA season is officially over. The Golden State Warriors swept our beloved Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, winning their second straight title, the third in the last four years. Uh We could go game by game and talk about all of the things that went wrong. Um, But we're not going to do that because we're not going to depress ourselves. Um, But what were kind of the the big things that led to the Warriors winning this? And let's go ahead. They were clearly the better team, but what game plan, what – uh, you know, actually schematic things led them to winning this series. I think the Warriors unhatched a plan years ago to allow J.R. Smith to go from New York and be traded to Cleveland, play some years as a sleeper agent, you know, uh, playing pretty well on and off for the Cavs. And then this year, like the true KJB, KGB, KGB is KGB. Um, mm-hmm. Like, like a true spy, he emerged and uh, showed himself to really be a Warriors elite. Um, J.R. Smith, Earl Smith, having a son and naming him Junior is the reason that we are here today. And uh, I can't hate Earl enough for it. No, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, Warriors, like you said, better team. Um, not enough thrown at Durant to slow him down. Not capitalizing when Steph and Clay had an off game. Uh-huh. Um, Tyron Lue, I <clears throat> I can't give him too much flack. He made some switches, some decisions at some points in the playoffs. Um, there in the finals, you know, I, I think it was it was fine. But oddly enough, him not playing Rodney Hood could be something that's pointed to um, when you're struggling for offense. You're struggling for offense. When you need a spark, you need a spark. We did not see we didn't see Jetty. We didn't see Rodney um, um, soon enough or enough period, which I, I, I know it's odd to say. But coach's job is to get the best performance out of his guys and uh, knowing that you got offensive punches there. And, you know, we could have used a different look going at Golden State. That matters. Um, but, you know, more than anything, I think it's just the, the fight of the team. I think game four was evident that um, these guys did not believe that they could beat Golden State. And that's why game one deflated them like it did. Um, so, hey, I got I to gotta call a spade a spade. That's a lack of leadership issue. That's a lack of vision, lack of focus, um, and lack of, of, of toughness that you would expect to see from a team uh, with as many repeat finals appearances as they had. But um, we didn't see that. And uh, Golden State exposed it. 
you know, Kevin Durant even said, you know, he they knew after game one that they had it. Um, and the Cavs needed to counter that with after game one still knowing uh, because they took them to OT like they did. They needed to know that they could beat them every night. And uh, you saw the difference in the attitude, the body language, the, the demeanor of the team. And, uh, you know, rest is history. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's clear that um, Kevin Durant, uh, he just has a way of game three coming in and just knocking all hope, all faith out of every Cleveland Cavalier fan. Like, every game three uh, the past two years, he has come down and hit a dagger in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, the thing about this whole series to me um, was that when the Cavs actually played well, which I thought they did for the most part, game three, um, definitely deserved game one, um, but blew it. Um, the Cavs really did not play terribly. Um, I literally thought it was going to be at least 15, 20 point games every single game almost for the most part. Besides the fact that I did think that the Cavs would get one game, uh, which I thought was going to be game three. Um, they didn't play terrible. They they definitely had moments where it looked like they really, you know, um, could get the job done. Not necessarily in four games, but at least on that night, especially game one, of course. And then, um, you know, game three, you know, um, as Ian, you know, so eloquently put, you know, not taking advantage of the Splash Brothers being awful from the field. Um and they still lose. Like, but I also think that speaks to the strength of the Warriors team. I mean, they're just so star-loaded that two stars can have bad nights. And Kevin Durant can still come up and, you know, put up 40 points. Uh, I mean, I think Sean Livingston and um, JaVale McGee were both perfect from the field. You know, when those things are happening, Golden State is just almost impossible to beat. But I think the, the biggest thing is that since – and I tell a lot of people this, like uh, me, I, and I don't think this is naive at all, but if the Cavs win game one, I would have loved to seen what Golden State comes back out and does game two because nowhere in the series um, were they under any type of pressure, um, none whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, but we see in the previous series when they were playing against the Rockets, they were they were really struggling in moments where, um, you know, it was tight and, and, and Houston was hitting shots or Chris Paul was closing out games or whatever. Um, so, you know, if if you win game one as Cleveland, um, that really puts Golden State in a in a different state of mind that they didn't even think they would be in um, where their backs are up against the wall. They have to win game two. But all throughout the series, it wasn't, you know, there was no games where they had to win. Like, so they they played so free. Um, and, yeah, I mean, they just overall, they played better team basketball than Cleveland did. Um, you know, I think one of the things Cleveland missed most importantly, though, was um, the three-point shooting of Kyle Korver. Uh, he was completely absent the entire finals. And I think that was something that Golden State really keyed on, that they said, listen, you know, we're full of great shooters. We're not going to allow Kyle Korver to get hot. Period. We're going to have to make, you know, LeBron's going to have to put up 50. Oh, you know what? If he puts up 50, we'll still win anyway. So in the end, you know, it was uh, it was tough to watch, um, extremely tough to watch. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that's that's honestly all I got. Yeah, it was a it was a it was a tough series to watch. It was tough, tough to stay motivated to uh, 
to stay up for those 9 a.m. tips and actually watch those whole games. Um, it's it, it's really disappointing. I mean, you got um, what you needed from Kevin Love, who gave you um, double-double in the series, I believe 20 points in at least three of the four games. Um, you know, LeBron did what LeBron does, but they just didn't have enough. And I think what really ended up hurt hurting them being their Achilles heel was the lack of the three-point shot in this series. Yep, they just couldn't it. hit anything. Nope. Um, and, and a lot of them were open A lot of them were open looks that they just could not mark. I mean, could not knock down. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, JR never got going. Kyle, as you talked about, he was might as well have been over for the series. He was, and that was one of the things we talked about earlier. Um, we were previewing the series that he would need to come up big, but mm-hmm. um, the Warriors have, the last two years have just completely kept Corver out of the series. Uh, last year, he, they couldn't even keep him on the court because um, defensively, offensively, they were just attacking him so much. And then this year, he couldn't hit a shot. Um, so it, it just came down to the Warriors were too good. Um, oh. You know, Curry had his Curry game, and it was, I mean, that game was, I believe he had, what was it, nine threes? Yep. Um, he was hitting, I believe, in just he those. was hitting. He was just hitting shots that you just, as soon as they leave his hand, you're like they're going in. Yep. There's just no, <laughs> there's no way around it. Um, you know, Clay was injured for the whole series. Draymond didn't play great, but they got enough from um, all of the guys. And, and Iguodala was hurt, um, was it 100? Um, percent But came down to it that the the Warriors, as we have talked about all postseason have a gear that no one else can hit. Um, and I don't know what the Cavs could have done differently, even if they would have played their best game. Um, you know, it's the Warriors still have something that, that, that the Cavs just can't compete with. So. Yep. so that brings us to the big question with the Warriors. How long can they keep this together? How long can they keep this going? Um, like we talked about, this is the third finals um, win in four years. Um is there anything that could end this? And did we see anything this year that, that could possibly show some chinks in the armor? Um, I, I think that question all hinges on, on what LeBron does this offseason. Um, we know that LeBron is, you know, not going anywhere to, you know, try to rebuild or anything. LeBron, if wherever he's going, his number one priority is to win a championship, period. Um, and so... Um, if LeBron gets, you know, together with a, a, a team that's really going to be, you know, star loaded and, you know, deep enough to potentially, you know, dethrone them, then, you know, that can happen. But the, the only way I see them not winning again next year is again, wherever LeBron goes, um, and what happens with that Houston Rockets team, um, because, I think those are the only two things that can really, you know, I mean, Houston, of course, you know, I think they're an injury away, um, you know, from from potentially beating Golden State. Um, and I said it before on this podcast, I think Golden State has been the luckiest team in the last few years with so many mm-hmm. injuries that they've had that they've had, you know, um, happen while they were playing teams with Kawhi Leonard and. Kyrie Irving and, and Kevin Love in the in the first finals that they won and and now this year Chris Paul you know it's just been ridiculous um, so I think it all hinges on what LeBron does 
and uh, what the Houston Rockets team is going to look like, because I think those are the only two things that's really going to stand in their way um, of, of repeating again, of, of, of three-peating. Uh, Kevin Durant is just unreal. Um, you know, I believe their owner was just like, look, we're going to throw whatever money he wants at his, you know, his way. Because they know, I mean, he's just a different type of star. Uh, I mean, this guy is like seven foot. He's got a mean crossover. If he gets the ball near, you know, anywhere close to the rim, you know, closer than the free throw line, it just seems like it's automatic. Uh, he can rise up over anyone. It's unreal. Steph Curry, we already, we already know about him and, and all. So, uh, long story short, I think, you know, if, if and I'm sure we'll get into all the different scenarios, but whatever LeBron does and, uh, yeah, uh, it will end Kawhi Leonard. I, I take that back. Whatever Kawhi Leonard and LeBron, you know, end up doing, I think those are really going to, you know, play a huge factor on how long Golden State can ride this out. Unless Golden State makes a, a crazy move, which I've seen some crazy trade rumors and all these type of things, which who knows if they're true or not, but... That's just my take. I think it's dependent on those two guys. It's interesting um, that a few power forwards are are kind of leading the charge as far as the difference makers tipping the scales um, um, as far as the NBA balance goes. And LeBron, Paul George, Kawhi, um, playoff P. Sorry, um, that's still funny to me after everything we saw. Uh, <laughs> but I still think you know Paul George is a valuable piece uh, to any team. Yeah. Um, so yeah, balance of power is is at stake on paper. Um, I think the answer to your question is no. Golden State is is the foregone conclusion to take another championship in twenty nineteen. If for no other reason, um, I don't think that Houston will be able to retain the services of Chris Paul. I don't know why. I just I, I just have that hunch. I believe he's gonna look elsewhere, especially if he is looking to team up with LeBron. And as great as LeBron is, and as um, really great of a point guard as as Chris Paul is, I don't think that a team just establishing chemistry um, is going to have enough to overcome the team that is Golden State. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that LeBron will have enough time to to trust in another guy to pull back as much as I believe LeBron will need to pull back uh, to preserve his career and to let his teammates do enough to actually help him win. I don't think that he will have the time to really seep into a team. And I'm talking as if I know he's leaving Cleveland. Um, uh, but say he even even he stays in Cleveland, you know, then the pieces just aren't there. I don't think conceivably uh, um, with the financial situation that Cleveland's in and the talent situation that they're in, um, unless they're really looking at packaging this eight pick with – some other players because the eighth pick in and of itself is not as valuable as we were hoping it would be. Um, I don't think Cleveland has it to offer. Um, and then you look at the teams outside of whatever was going on with LeBron. Uh, I had before the season, I said, okay, you know, the Cavs are going to do what the Cavs are going to do. But next year, Boston's going to be the next, they're going to take the reins as the next superpower in the East. And I still believe that. I believe next year you're going to see Boston uh, really take hold of the Eastern Conference. I believe that Philadelphia is going to contend. And, hey, if Indiana makes the right moves, I think they'll be right there as well. But whoever comes out the East, I, they won't have enough to match the team that is Golden State. Not in year one. Not in year one of facing them in the finals. So if, uh, if, if Kyrie is healthy, 
Gordon Hayward is healthy. You don't Not think enough. Boston has enough? Not enough. Because let me remind you that Boston has been a team in the last two years that has had Golden State's number. Now, I'm not saying that that would be the same in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, but And then, of course, the, the brilliance of coaching of, of Brad Stevens. I'm not, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. Yeah, I'm, uh, I think you bring up an interesting point with Boston. Um, that team could present some problems with all the athleticism, the wings that they have. Um, and how deep they are. That's I think that's the one. Mm-hmm. There's 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 two things with this Warriors team. First of all, depth. They're, this team isn't as deep as it has been in the past. Nope. Um, Sean Livingston's lost a step. Andre Iguodala is getting older. Had the injury issues this year. Never quite looked right during the regular season. Um, and then the issue with the bigs trying to find the rotation between Zaza, Javale, Kevon Looney, who's a free agent this summer. Um, probably going to get paid somewhere. Um, this team isn't as deep as it has been in, in previous years. And even some of the guys they brought in, Nick Young didn't play great. He had a couple moments. Um, Omar Caspi they brought in, and they ended up releasing. David West. Um, David West is getting older. So depth is going to be a problem for this team, and they're not and they're not getting any more money from anywhere. They're gonna, They're going to have to re-up. Um, Clay next year, Draymond the year after that, and I don't think anybody, any one of those two guys, is taking a discount. Um, oh, they are. So I think they are. I, the early early indications from Draymond is that he wants the max. Um, he took he took a discount so they can get KD. And if we know any, we know how this works. You, you give one discount, you don't usually give a second one, especially in your prime years. Um, um, I think Clay is gonna take that eighty-eight million dollar pay cut. Yep. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about all that, but um, yeah, I think that's that's the big thing. And then um, the un, kind of unspoken thing is Steve Kerr and his health issues. Um, could that be a factor in breaking up? What is this core group? Um, his back injury was really serious, uh-huh. um, and it's and it's something that is not even it's still not resolved now. So could this be a situation where if they win another title, does he just call it quits and focus on his health, um, or I mean, does he get to uh, you know we we don't want to wish this on anyone, but does it get bad enough to where he has to you know retire early because um, that travel grinding out year to every year playing, you know, upwards of 80, 90, 100 games a season can really take a toll, not only on players, but on coaches as well. So um, that's another thing to look at. I mean, and then you look at some of the teams. I mean, Boston is a, is an interesting piece um, to go up against the Warriors with with a healthy Gordon Hayward, a healthy Kyrie Irving. They still have assets to pull in another piece if they want to. And this team is pretty good as is. Yeah. Um, I think Jason Tatum is still scratching the surface. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jalen Brown is still scratching the surface. Um, Terry Rozier, I think, has a has a little bit better to get as he gets more experience. Um, Philly has money this summer, and they're going to get better. This was their first time in the playoffs. Um, you know, I, it it's going to get tougher. I don't think it's going to get easier. We saw it this year. The margin the margin between the the Rockets and the Warriors, I think, was tighter than even we thought when they first got together, when the Rockets first got together. So, you know, they're, 
It's not. I don't think it's as in the East. It, I, I think the, the the gap is closing, especially as people get older, injuries, lack of depth, those things start to play a key factor, and it's just it's just harder. It's harder every time. We saw it with the we've seen it with every team. We saw it with the Lakers, uh, with Kobe and Shaq. Um, it gets harder every year. We saw it with the with the Heatles. It gets harder every year. It doesn't get easier. Um, yeah. So the mental grind, the physical grind, the this guy's getting on my nerves grind, all of that uh, plays plays a factor. And so um, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying – to me they're still the clear favorite for this year and probably the year after that as long as everyone stays together. But it's going to get tougher, especially now that teams and players are going to be communicating and gearing up to say, look, we need to team up if we're going to beat these guys. Yep. And I, I – listen – like you said, you know, talking about Boston, I, I got them taking over the top spot. I agree. They're going to be good enough to be head honchos in the East. I don't think any team is beating Golden State as currently constructed. And like you said, guys are getting – now, you did mention guys are getting older, but they draft well. They always seem to draft a piece that comes in and performs high for them that can take some pressure and some minutes, some of the workload off of some of those older guys. So, David West – yeah, he's on the squad. How much do you see him during the season? You know, they, they space him out enough to where, you know, they were, they've been able to lose the Barbosas and, and, and the Festus Azili's, but they got uh, a reload uh, built in with the way that they draft and the way they implement guys. That's always been the thing. So, yeah, they had an Ian Clark and lost him, but they got a McCall in the wings. So... You know, these guys and these guys have played significant playoff minutes. So I just wanted to point that out. You know, they, they do draft well in order to support and uh, and, and really uh, spread out, you know, some of the workload. Now, of course, the starters. Yeah, you got to look at that. But like I said, I, we're just talking next year. I'm not saying the next three, four years. But I don't think any team is beating them as currently constructed the first go round. Not a Boston I don't care how much of a chip Kyrie comes out and plays with uh, Gordon Gordon Hayward. That'll be his first time seeing them in that environment. The, Even the only though, chip Kyrie is playing with is a chip in his knee. That's the oh, burn! <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I don't think anybody's taking them down next year. Year after that, I think we'll see. I personally think KD bolts after after getting three three rings. Goes back yeah. to Oklahoma City. Get the band back together. Uh, I, I don't know. No. I'm, I might call him. <laughs> I might call it Washington. He's coming home. <laughs> Cue yeah. the Skylar Gray. He's coming yeah. home, ladies and gentlemen. Either way, they whack. Katie's still <laughs> whack. And, uh, yes, he is. And I'm just looking forward to free agency in the draft. So. Yep. 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 You know, we're still really supposed made. to be talking about the finals, man. <laughs> You know what made me sad? This is random, but you know what made me sad? Carmelo Anthony gets released by the Thunder and goes to Golden State just so he can win a ring. I'd feel oh. bad about that. Oh, yeah. This That'd is be just, rough. Just random musings. So, the big news that came out of Game 4 was the revelation of LeBron James's hand injury. Um, Do we have to? Yeah, we got to. Okay. We got to. We got to talk about it. It's what everybody's talking about. Um... So here's my here's what I think is interesting. Obviously, in the moment, they did a great job of <laughs> hiding the news. Although I have heard um, 
a couple other reports from people who had heard that LeBron hurt his hand after game one, but the team denied it. Um, the team denied it. Everybody in the organization was tight-lipped, and then it finally leaked out for real um, after game four. Um, obviously, at first glance, you could not tell, but as you look at the numbers and kind of review some of the moments in games, you kind of saw him almost completely abandon the three-point shot after game three. Game four, he wasn't even looking to do it. He wasn't looking for his mid-range jumpers. Everything was getting to the bucket in it. To me, you could tell his touch was off. He was missing layups that he normally makes. Um, he didn't quite have the same ferocity on the dunks that we've seen from him in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so those kind of things you notice, and obviously it affected him. Did it matter? I don't. A healthy two hands, I don't think <laughs> it makes the difference in this series, unless his hand is uh, creating another basketball player named LeBron James. So could have made um, a difference in Game Three. Possibly. It maybe could have, um, but I think, I mean, at this point of the year, everybody is, and especially LeBron at this point of the year, he's just, he's played every minute possible, um, gotten the most out of his body, as, but at this time of the year, everything is just hurting, everything is sore, everything is tired, he's dealing with the ankle injury um, that he suffered, I believe that was game two or three, um, and when I saw that, I... When I saw that, when I saw that turn ankle, I was like, "Whoop, that's it. He's done." Yeah, he rolled that real good. I was like, "Get the wheelchair. Let's get the Paul Pierce video. Let's get this. <laughs> let's wrap this series on up." <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah. How? Obviously, I think we all agree that um, that the series wouldn't have gone any differently. Um, but do you, what kind of effect do you think this had on LeBron and on the team possibly as a whole? Like you said, it, you noticed the difference. I noticed it personally in game two, um, mm-hmm. fourth quarter, seven-point game, and you're waiting on the push um, from the Cavs, that last run, that last-ditch effort to say, hey, we're going to threaten mm-hmm. uh, to attack here, which I – I know everybody was caught up in, oh, they're so deflated from game one. Um, but, you know, I, I got to give LeBron at least due. I've seen him after after disappointments, you know, in the past, you know, still come out, uh, put his head down, and head full of steam. You still got to stop the guy, and uh, that that that's hard to do. But like you said, he was missing some, missing some layups that he normally makes. Um, and I think game two was another winnable game. I think they were in position that you want to be in on the road in mm-hmm. a hostile environment like Oracle down seven. And, uh, you know, they could have chipped away at that and given themselves yet again another chance to win at the end. Um, so, yeah, it was noticeable. I saw him uh, uh, drop the ball in the hoop instead of dunking. I think I saw that a couple times, actually. It matters that it happened, but it doesn't matter. Right. One, because, <laughs> you know, like you said, they, they still would have took the series. It's mm-hmm. just true. It's just evident. Y'all hear y'all heard me talking about Cavs and Seven. A lot of that was just fandom. Just know my basketball <laughs> mind was at of war course. with my heart. Yes. But, um, truth of the matter is, you know, it was self-inflicted, though. So, no, it, it gets no... It doesn't get a whole lot of attention from me because it was foolish. You know, you you know how valuable you are. 
You got to be able to compose yourself, even after the biggest blunder in NBA Finals history, because it is. Um, you know, game one, you 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 know that happened in game one. You you can't you can't jeopardize the only chance your team has. Yep. Um, and and there go there go the speculation that he had made up his mind there and then that he was going to be out. It's supported because you you made a decision that was not reflective of somebody who was thinking in the short term future that they were still going to compete. And so, not to get all into that, no, I don't think LeBron's a quitter. Don't don't quote me wrong, but uh, but you you got to be smarter than that. I mean, yeah, but at the same point in time and in the same breath, like this is an opportunity for LeBron to make history. Um, and so I think anybody in their right mind, I know me being the competitive person I am, heck, I don't care. Like, I hate losing in space. I hate losing in any game. So, I mean, I, connect I put four. myself, you know, connect four, Madden, 2K. I mean, heck, I was playing 2K. I, I'll never forget a few years ago. I got real upset. The computer's almost impossible to beat a Hall of Fame. I threw my controller, broke a $50 controller. I was upset. And, and so I, I, if I put myself in LeBron's shoes, like, I'm upset, too. And I, you know, in the heat of that moment, like, you know, it may have been JR that I may be punching instead of a, a black bar, a blackboard, you, you know, but I'm probably punching something, throwing something, like, because, <laughs> you know, at that point in time, you know, LeBron being one of the most scrutinized players in all the NBA history, um, you know, this guy's like, man, you know, we got a shot to win game one. And for that to be stripped for him, you know, like we, we talked about over and over with the refs, JR, George Hill, regardless, um, I'd be upset. Like, I think the thing that I can't stand the most is that he would have been scrutinized regardless. So here's the deal. If he if it comes out after game one that he, you know, broke his hand or whatever, then people are going to be like, oh, well, here's just another excuse for him to lose another final. Um, so there's that whole piece. And then, you know, he's even more scrutinized now that it came out after the sweep because it's like, oh, well, why didn't we know before? So at the end of the day, either way this goes, it's going to look bad on LeBron um, mm-hmm. because, you know, you know, he let his anger get the best of him. And, um, you know, he comes out in his cast after he gets swept, um, you know, and, and people are just, you know, it just is what it is. You know, LeBron should be used to it by now. Um, did it affect the team? Yeah, I'm sure. You know, and I, uh, you know, I noticed him definitely not finishing some things he should have been finishing. Um, but he knew in that moment, just like Durant, just like the world knew um, after game one, that it was a wrap. So, um, so yeah, I, I, gosh, I, I almost wish that he didn't bring that out, honestly. Um, because I feel like if you take the stands, like we're just going to keep this hush, just going to stay in the organization. You just, you know, you let it come out 15 years later during the ESPN 30 for 30 or something like that. Like you just don't, you don't, you don't even bring it out, you know, after the sweep. Ain't no, ain't no 30 for 30 going to be about a sweep. Anybody going to 30 for 30 about a sweep? Well, well, if it's, if it's about, you know, for instance, if it's about the Warriors and their dynasty or whatever you want to call it, and they talk about this series that they sweep, you know, then it could come out, you know, JR could go on, on tape, on records, like, oh, you know, LeBron, after I blew it, he punched a blackboard or something like that. You know, I just kind of wish they didn't bring that cast out um, or whatever he had. You know, maybe the medical team told him, hey, you know, let's wrap it up or whatever. But um, I wish that they would just have taken the, 
um, the the move of like, okay, let's just you know keep it hush and, and move on. Um, well, now leaked, everyone's it, talking about it. It leaked as soon as the game was over. Um, I think it was. It might have even been Brian Rin- Windhorst who reported it as soon as the game was over. Um, because LeBron had his arm covered the whole time, and no one had seen the cast. But after word had gotten out that it leaked, he just he let it up. He let his hand up during the press conferences, and the cameras just went crazy. Um, so at that well, point, they, it even, was they even had him walking to the press conference with it on. So mm-hmm. you know, it, I felt like it was at that point. It was like, okay, whatever. So I mean, once it's once it's leaked, it's pretty much it's a wrap. Cats out the bag then. I mean, it's it's pretty impressive that it got that far, um, even even to that point. So, real quick, we'll see if we can keep this short and sweet. We're going to be talking about this a lot during the offseason. Um, LeBron James' future. Oh, God. <laughs> Another year of this soap opera. Yeah, we're doing it again. The Decision, part three. <laughs> um, give me your hot take on what LeBron James is going to do. Your hottest the- take. Uh, I think it's all about LeBronzo. And <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, where do I honestly think he's going? San Antonio. No, seriously. It's where I it's where I'd like to see him go. It's a place that I think you will be able to get quality veterans that would be signing for the minimum that could surround either he and Kawhi or he and whoever they can get for Kawhi. Um, I don't know how the numbers work of it. The financials are never important because these guys will mortgage their houses and they will sell. I don't know. They'll export churros and whatever whatever they need to do so that they can make it happen. <laughs> but, uh, but no, no, no. I'd, I'd love to see him teamed up with Pop, teamed up with a coach that will tell LeBron no to some things, that will trust him to do what he does, but also that will give him structure. So that's a personal what I want to see, but also something that I think they've kind of hinted that they might both want to see. I've also been quoted as saying that he might go back to Miami uh, which looks unlikely, but they're my uh, dark horse in this race. Um, I would I would not mind seeing him in San Antonio with that you know great coach that is Greg Popovich. Um, but um, of course, all this speculation about all oh, LeBron, you know, Bronny, Bron Junior, you know, enrolling it in in a school in California. You know, Gary Payton said that this past week or whatever. Um, Which is the first of all? That's the randomest person to say anything. Right, from right. GP, right? G, the glove himself <laughs> catching these catching these hot takes. Apparently, whatever. Um, Sources tell Gary Payton. Right. <laughs> um, I could see LA honestly. Um, Philly doesn't seem as enticing just because I don't know. Um, if LeBron feels like with that young team, if they will be winners right away or not, um, you it's know, they definitely, I just don't, you know, unless David Griffin goes there and like we talked about last week. <laughs> um, so, um, so yeah, I could definitely see LA. Um, I don't think the heat's a question. Um, 
people have been saying Golden State, and I, I will go on the record saying this. I am probably one of the biggest LeBron fans. If LeBron even considered going to Golden State, I would literally like despise him for the rest of his career. And I'm a huge fan. Um, so let's, I'm just putting that out there because I think it's foolish to even bring up Golden State. But anyways, um, but and, and I guess it depends on what Houston's going to do with this with this money um, because I would honestly love to see LeBron play with CP3 and Harden. Um, but I think they say they would probably have to give up like P.J. Tucker and a couple other you know pieces in order to obtain them. So um, L.A. with the cap <laughs> space, you know, being able to bring, you know, George in potentially with him and who knows who else with all the cap they got. And then, of course, they still have Kuzma and, and Julius Randle and a few other pieces in L.A. already. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think L.A. is probably the front runner um, with Houston as a close second. Thanks, Keith, for your hot take of going through every single LeBron option and leaving nothing <laughs> bad, <bro>. for me. <laughs> you got Cleveland, bro. I'm not. No, I'm not taking that. I don't want. To, I don't want to wish that on my man, on my man LeBron. Who do you want him to go to, Malcolm? I would love to see him go to San Antonio, uh, but but that's not a hot take. My hot take is that he joins Paul George and Demarcus Cousins in L.A. Ooh, with with Zoe with Zoe starting at the one and Kuzma starting yeah. two. Yeah, at the, uh, well, Kuzma's a four, um, so he would be starting at the two. Um, yeah. I don't know who would start the two. Does it really matter when you have those three? When you have the big four of Ball, George, <laughs> James, and Cousins, does it matter? It definitely does. <laughs> Because nobody you, else is left on that team. I will take J.R. Smith. No, I'm kidding. Um, oh get me Iman Shumpert. I will root for LeBron James. I, I am not rooting for LeBron. I will surely root for LeBron. Absolutely. But we'll see. I'm sure we'll be talking about this a lot, especially as we get information about where his meetings are, where his wife is looking at houses. Um, <laughs> what if we're talking him. about the wrong L.A.? Oh my gosh! I would have <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> Jesus! Please, please, God, no! Think of, I mean, Sweet Lou, LeBron James, which, by the way, Lou Williams, man, I I hate that you signed with them because that dude is a killer. I wanted to see him with a team that's gonna contend, but maybe Doc Can't knows something we don't because didn't didn't he get an extension somehow? Um. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. I, I think Doc is a gangster. Uh, there's no way he keeps getting jobs. Uh, but I think he uh, – now, he, he got an extension as the coach, though, right? Not the GM? Yeah. Yeah, he's not He's not the GM anymore. Or not the – I'm sorry, president of basketball. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's – okay, I don't know. I don't know the financials once again. Sorry, listeners. Mm-hmm. I didn't do my homework on this particular scenario because it's ludicrous. But I'm going to say it anyway. Um, I mean, LeBron, DJ, Lou. Nope. Nope. Throw in a couple <laughs> other other championship nope. pieces. Nope. Might as well stay with the Cavs. You go do that. That's just You're right. Might as well. <laughs> you've, got your, you've got your new Tristan Thompson. You've got your new Jordan Clarkson. Listen, Danilo, Austin Rivers is there. Danilo Gallinari is your new Kevin Love. Ooh, just Danilo, remember the, he was gonna he was gonna be a star in New York. He was, and he's always hurt every year. It's just about when it's going to happen. This, hey, Kyrie. It's all about next year. 
Mm-mm. All right. Look, if he goes to Clippers, I, I don't know if I can root for that one because that's just going to be torture. <laughs> that's just going to be torture. This is what we have to look forward to for a couple. Uh, when does he have to? Now, I did see something that, that the Cavs, I saw this a couple places, though, that the Cavs might know what LeBron is doing after a meeting tomorrow. Yeah, that's yeah, what I heard. Whatever. Too. Whatever. Right. They should they should know now. He's not coming back to Cleveland. <laughs> they got a plan, man. They want to hear his plan. He's not. They better I don't know what they need to do, but they need to <laughs> he's going coming at he came in that locker room after game four and looked at Jordan Clarkson, Rodney Hood, and Kendrick Perkins and went, Nah, bro, I'm out of here. <laughs> Listen, Rodney move, Rodney Hood found his uh he found his special move. He found his highlight stick. Is uh, that that spin move in the post? Uh-huh. <laughs> he was wearing that out. <laughs> get him, get him, Rodney. Uh-uh. All right, so let's see where we gonna go next. Um, let's talk a little NFL. Andrew Luck back on the football field for the first time, I believe, since 2016. Uh-huh. Um, it's hard to believe that he missed all of last year. Yep. Um, I mean, this is a guy who's obviously, when he's healthy, is one of the most talented one of the best quarterbacks in the nfl dynamic um how how quickly do you guys see him getting back up to speed and then uh what kind of team does this make indianapolis going into this year huh man uh i i tell you this much i'm really pulling for andrew luck man he is so fun to watch um just the dynamic of you know the ability to throw but on top of that make you know plays with his feet um I don't know the Colts the Colts to me are still missing pieces you know I I, I look at the Colts kind of like a a if I would compare them to a basketball team it would be something like the Wizards or the Raptors they're missing pieces mm-hmm. um they're just missing pieces that they need um you know um so I mean they're still with luck. I mean, they could sneak into a potential wild card, maybe. Um, but they're just still missing too many pieces to really contend. Um, especially when you still have the likes of New England. And, Was that um, a pun? Yeah. What? Was that a pun? Uh, no. Because <laughs> because you said with luck, I just didn't know. All right. <laughs> oh, oh well, you know. Um, didn't even catch that actually, but thank you, man. You know, hey, man, um, I'm impressed. <laughs> uh, but yeah, with the likes of you know New England, and I mean, um, I, even like teams like Baltimore, who made a lot of moves this off season, and um, other teams like you know that that to me are still better than the Colts. So in the end, I'm very excited to see him come back. I'm very excited to see. Um, him try to, you know, regain the composure of the Indianapolis offense. Uh, but I still, even with him playing at his best, still see them, you know, just sneaking into the playoffs or, or barely missing. Um, I, I'll put them at the same point with the Bengals um, as well um, because the Bengals are, honestly, I wish the Bengals had a guy like Andrew Luck, honestly. But anyways, um, yeah, <laughs> Bengals are missing pieces. The Colts are missing pieces. Um, it's still the Patriots AFC to lose, in my opinion. Uh, the National Football League, the Shield. Um, I, I, I too, am a big fan of Andrew Luck. Um, 
what could have been with him and RG3 coming up through the ranks um, as great young quarterbacks was amazing. Unfortunately, what happened with RG3, um, who never, just never wanted to slide, ever. He doesn't slide in DMs. He doesn't slip and slide, <laughs> nothing. He doesn't slip and slide. <laughs> but anyway, um, Andrew Luck, uh, honestly, I, I like I said, I'm a fan of his. My gut tells me he'll never be the same. Mm. And I hope I'm wrong. Um, but this report that he's – now, let's be thorough about this. He was throwing in non-contact drills, which is significant for him, but not football significant. Mm-hmm. I still don't have confidence that he starts the season. Again, I, I could be, and I hope that I am wrong. Me uh, too. But I want to – I want to hear the report that says, you know, Andrew Luck pile-drived and is okay. Andrew Luck, you know, broken nose in practice, but he's fine. Like that, you know, give me something that lets me know um, that there's some actual uh, resiliency in that uh, in that shoulder. Now, what, what was what was the actual injury? Was it a rotator cuff? Mm, no, uh, it was something more serious than that. Okay. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I felt like it was a knee or something like that. No, it was it was shoulder related. It was definitely shoulder related. And um, I think that's that's my that's my only reason for you know for speculation or for wanting something with a little bit more definition uh, than just reporting that he's back throwing the non-contact drills. It's good for progress. And to be fair, that's all he said. He said, "Hey, you know, it's progress. It's another step forward." Um, but he didn't put any timetables. I appreciate that they. Didn't rush him back like they tried to do, I think, in the 17 season. And then he had to go back out. Am I correct? They tried to bring him back, but he was still having issues. Right, 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 right. Um, so they just shut him down because he was still having a lot of soreness. Sent him overseas, I think, you know, November or something like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I hope he I hope he comes back. He be, He's great for the league. I think he was poised to be the face of the league, three-time pro, pro bowler. Um, you know, just throwing for 4,000 yards multiple times. I mean, I, I, I want to see him on the field. Um, I was actually expecting a, a big year from T.Y. Hilton as well. Um, and so, you know, I, I think he's got – I heard I hear what you're saying, Keith. I do think he has something to work with, enough to to showcase that he's back if uh, if he can make it back. So, hey, here's to Andrew Luck, man. You know, prayers up that, uh, that we can see him on the field because he's great for football. For sure. So it was a shoulder labrum tear in 2015, Oof, an, ab- yeah. an abdomen abdomen muscle tear, grade three. That's I don't know why I was thinking leg, but yeah, abdomen. And then he had a uh, cranial concussion in 2016. So, hmm. yeah, it'll be that division is just so tough this year. Um, Them Jags, Jacksonville, yeah, Titans, the Texans with Deshaun Watson. Um, and I looked at that that Indianapolis roster, and they are definitely in transition. So I don't. <laughs> no, is, um, is Deshaun back? Who? Deshaun Watson. I know Hopefully. he. Uh, Hopefully. Yeah, he's, he's 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 yeah he's scheduled to be back. He's scheduled to yeah. be back. Okay. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it, it'll be tough. But he's. I mean, even. In their previous years, they didn't have necessarily the best cast around him, but he was able to maximize it. So yep. it'll be interesting to see what a healthy Andrew Luck means. Glad he's finally getting healthy. Like Ian said, the league is better with him in it. Mm-hmm. All right. One more topic. 
something I don't know if we've ever talked about on this podcast. Boxing and heavyweight boxing. (laughs) And if you follow boxing at all, you've been waiting for this fight for quite some time. I know I have been waiting for it. Um, Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua are finally getting in the ring. The two undefeated heavyweights. Mm-hmm. Um, this, like, like I said, if you follow boxing at all, and I follow it just a little bit, just enough to know that this is a big fight. Um, in an era where heavyweights do not fight each other, the titles haven't been unified in quite some time. Um, the Klitschko brothers dominated the division for what set, seemed like a decade. And now we're finally going to see the two best heavyweights in the sport in their primes fighting against each other. Um, so, guys, give me your thoughts about this fight. If you want to do an early prediction, I know who I'm rooting for. Um, but what does this fight mean for boxing and for the heavyweight division? Boxing is trying. It is trying to gain um, relevance. I mean, like, it's it's not relevant um, for the most part. You know, like, I myself, um, you know, growing up used to, you know, love watching Evander Holyfield and Lennox Lewis and Mike Tyson and all those guys fight. And so to now where, you know, honestly, I can't even lie, I hated watching Floyd Mayweather fight, some of the most boring fights ever. Um, but now, you know, when when you have, you know, these two heavy hitters, um, who just make the sport so entertaining to watch. Um, and then, you know, fights like, you know, Triple G and, and Canelo Alvarez, you know, those these fights that are big time, you know, you're paying big dollars to watch them. The fighters are getting paid big time, you know, money to, to fight in them. Uh, you know, boxing is, is, is trying. Um, but I really cannot wait for this fight. I, I'm really pulling for Deontay Wilder. I think he would be able to knock this guy out. I just think... Wilder has what it takes. Period, um, and uh, and yeah, I'm I am extremely excited. Uh, it looked like it took him a while to get to get all the deals worked out. Deontay finally decided to go to the UK, um, you know, to go into Joshua's, you know, um, playground, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it is going to be great for the sport of boxing that that night. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be another hundred dollars to watch. Um, just like Floyd's, you know, last couple fights. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's boxing, I guess is trying. And then I think it's also trying to keep up with UFC because the UFC yeah, for definitely. a while was really, really dominating. Um, you had the Ronda Rousey's and you had, you know, um, all these guys who, you know, were making huge headlines for UFC. So boxing's trying. It is trying. Yeah, I mean, I, now I actually had to do some looking up on this. I'm I'm not about to perpetrate on y'all. Like I, I don't even follow boxing a little bit. Um, <laughs> I I tune in for the event fights, which means that the last thing that I really looked at was Mayweather Pacquiao, um, and that's that's kind of the state of boxing. I mean, I appreciate the sport. Don't get me wrong, and I've watched you know several thirty for thirties that uh, I pretended to be an aficionado for like a week. But, you know, just uh, it, it's become a thing where when something does come up that's hot. Now, Wilder, I've heard of, um, and it was good to have one boxing name. <laughs> that's that's all I had. <laughs> that's all I had in my repertoire. Um, and so to know that uh, that this fight is as anticipated as it is, 
um, something to make headlines, something. Um, I think it's, it's great that it's in the U.K., because that just adds something to it. I think when you had these Rumble in the Jungles, you had these different, uh, uh, I think Lennox Lewis, is one, of his, uh, one of his big fights was over there um, in London. You know, I think that just adds some more spice to it. Um, I, I didn't know a lot about Joshua, but just the fact that he's, I mean, just looking at all the titles that this Anthony Joshua holds <laughs> that he's putting on the line mm-hmm. um, is, is pretty impressive. And um, just the records. Now, I've seen some stuff from Wilder, and I'll be honest, like my first impression was like, man, this cat is aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> and that wasn't that wasn't clips from a fight like that was in the interview like he was just chilling at home or something and i was like man i'd hate to see like the, the cashier give you wrong change or something um <laughs> but that's the but that's the type of attitude you know um i can appreciate you know characters is what boxing is lacking that's my point. Um, um, that's not. I think that's that's. I think the 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 top athletes aren't necessarily what sells, but I think the same issue you have uh, somewhat with baseball. <laughs> I just thought about something Malcolm said. I'm not. Um, other than the steroids, <laughs> uh, I think the issue is characters. When you had Barry Bonds, who was an outspoken, polarizing figure, when you had Sammy Sosa. Um, when you had the Mark McGuire thing and them going back and forth, you know, they were outspoken. They became larger than life characters. You wanted to know what they were going to do next. I think boxing is missing that. And if, if this spotlight can produce characters in a storyline, it's just like any TV show or movie uh, that, that you like. That movie will get a sequel if it can hook you on characters. If it can switch up the plot, put you in a different, you know, put you in a different situation and get you engaged enough to spend your money on a new ticket. If this fight can produce the character, which means it has to be a fight that, you know, they can't afford one of these one, two, two round knockout fights. And both of these guys are are power punchers. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But hopefully they get a fight that has some good distance. Uh, no real controversy, get a clear-cut winner, or maybe a controversy. Controversy's good. Uh, I'd like to see boxing be relevant. I'd like to get pulled into that arena. So I'm here for it. Yeah, I, this is, like I said, this is a very highly anticipated fight. We haven't had a, a heavyweight fight like this in in quite some time. Yep. Um, and if you look at the highlights of both of these guys they're power punchers they're going to come after you they're trying they're not just trying to win they're trying to put you down yeah um and i i'm really excited about seeing the kind of what what is this going to pull out of these fighters um these are obviously the two elite heavyweights that we have right now so what is this going to mean for them getting in the ring with each other having not faced um a fighter of this caliber before um, Wilder having to go over over the pond to go fight in the UK. Um, I'm really excited about seeing this. I'm I'm, I'm thinking if, if Wilder's able to pull out a win here, we're going to get a second one in the US, um, which means an even bigger purse and even bigger uh, media attention. Um, you know, and the heavyweight division has been missing personalities. Um, wh- whatever you feel about Floyd Mayweather, he is a personality and people oh, yeah. come to watch his fights where they're wanting him to win or to lose, they're tuning in. Um, and I think this fight is going to get a lot of attention, especially um, as people start to get to know these fighters a little bit more over the coming uh, months. So I'm excited about this. I'm re- definitely rooting for the bronze bomber, Deontay Wilder. Deontay. Um, 
I think he's I think he's got a good shot against Joshua, even though it's it's on Joshua's home turf. But we'll see what happens. We got a lot of time until that happens. Um, so we're almost done with today's show, but you know we don't leave you without our closing thoughts. Keith, give us your closing closing thoughts tonight. Hey, uh, shout out to Greg Hardy. Uh, just got himself a UFC contract, and uh, you know after a first round knockout, I believe it was tonight. Um, so I guess he's trying, you know, on his road to getting his life together and all, and, you know, Hey, uh, maybe he'll find that in the UFC. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my take shout outs to him. Uh, hopefully he can get his life together. I'm glad he has found a place to appropriately fight. (laughs) Gosh, Lord, help him. (laughs) Oh Lord, help him, Lord. Ian, give us your closing thoughts. Uh, I just want to shout out uh, Washington Capitals. I want to shout oh, out. Oh, uh, you took mine. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I'm happy for Alex Ovechkin. Um, also wanted to shout out Nick Nurse because I have no idea who you are. <laughs> <laughs> but congrats on getting a job with the decompression crew, the Toronto Raptors. Hey, he's a two-time <laughs> D-League champion. I I nah, I did I did look him up. I saw he, he got some Euro smoke and he's done some stuff in the D League, which um, you know, his stars are pretty much that caliber of attitude. So yeah, that's dope. Wow. So uh before I give my closing words, I just wanna article came out tonight um about Kyrie Irving and extension talks, and he said, quote, it does not make sense to extend with the Celtics right now. Correct. That is what he said. Put that in your back pocket. Danny Ainge does like to trade people, so we'll see what happens. Um, So Ian so eloquently took my closing words. uh, Shout out to the Washington Capitals winning the World World Series. The Stanley Cup. Alexander Ovechkin, one of the all-time greats, finally getting a ring. Happy for him. Um, I'm going to go give a shout-out to Justify, who captured the Triple Crown. Um, last weekend, um, I don't watch horse racing. I don't really care, but the triple crown is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he gets to live a nice cushy life, uh, <laughs> doing things that we can't talk about on the air because children listen to our podcast. Oh, so shout man. out to justify shout out to his <laughs> jockey and his owner for getting the triple crown this past weekend. You are a legend. No wait, well, they they did say they won't they won't turn them right over to Breeden though. Oh, they've already signed the deal. Uh, <laughs> so they lied. Okay. <laughs> the deal aside. The deal aside. I think it I think they said it was 75 million. Oh, well go ahead and get yours. Get yours. <laughs> so thank you for listening to this new episode of the Three in One Podcast. Joining us from Cleveland, Ohio, it's International Ian Lamont Morgan. To Infinity and Beyond. And in Cincinnati, it's Keith Turner Jr. Is football season here yet? (laughs) And of course, in the capital city, it's your boy, Malcolm Morgan. Thank you for listening to the 3-in-1 podcast. We'll see you all next time. Peace.